time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is uh, a new year, January 2nd. Happy New Year. So glad to have you here with us. This podcast is created by Mortgage Professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're so grateful to have you here as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. And we really look forward to bringing you some great content. You know, as we start out each new year, we start out with hope that the new year is going to be better than the last year. And certainly after 2022, we're really looking forward to a much, much better year. But we still look at what we have yet as we start out. We're not out of the mess that we're in, and we have more to go. So the first quarter is going to be a bit of a challenge. So we hope to bring you some really timely information of how you can deal with this and go forward. We also start out the new year, this new year, with some sad news. Uh, David Kittle just let me know early this morning that Regina Lowry passed away this past Sunday. Uh, just, I mean, it's just yesterday. It's just so hard to imagine that uh, we start off the year with that sad news. Regina is, uh, by the way, we had a podcast you'll check out in the show notes. We interviewed her on uh, July 29th, 2019. Encourage you to go listen to that. We're going to pull out some segments out of that and honor her with that. But Regina was the first female president of uh, or chairman of the MBA. She was a, broke the glass ceiling in so many ways. Just such a positive, uh, wonderful, warm person uh, in so many ways. That someone that we looked up to, many of us looked up to. We called her a friend, called her an associate in the mortgage industry, a true professional, and she is Miss. Mark, you knew Regina, did you not? I did not know her as well as uh, Mr. Kittle, but I knew her and, no. and had interfaces with her. And she was a certainly a uh, exceptional lady and uh, was a groundbreaker in our industry and somebody who truly will be missed. Yeah, well, we'll miss her for sure. Alice, good to have you. By the way, Mark and Alice, Merry Christmas. I mean, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I'm still doing Merry Christmas. I'm so confused. You'll hear about that later, listeners, in a minute. But what, where we're at, where, what time, what day it is, based on my travel that I had over the holidays. But, Alice, did you welcome to the podcast? Uh, did you know Regina at all? Well, I had met her a few times, um, just and, of course, watched her uh, as chairwoman of the MBA, and just a, a wonderful, brilliant person, and very sad news, indeed. She is, and... Um, Encourage everyone to go listen to the podcast. We'll be posting it up. You can go to our website and then go to July 19th, excuse me, 29th, uh, July 29th, 2019. But we'll also put a link in the show notes so for you to go listen to it. So anyway, our condolences to uh, Regina's family and all her associates and all of us. We're all feeling a loss as we start out the new year. But we certainly do hope, other than that bad news, that this year is going to be better than last year. I want to start off by saying Special thank you to our sponsors. Candor Technology does a great job of automating underwriting system. It's the only one to earn a patent for their unique tech solution. Candor also optimizes the loan delivery and workflow uh, process so operations can be right-sized for the last time. I tell you, we had a, Mark and I had a conversation with Tom uh, just before 
uh, the New Year, or just before Christmas, and it was one of those delightful conversations. This guy is a, a Tom just thinks out of the box. And what I love about it, Mark and I are both 72, and Tom is 74. You know, okay, so that's not a big deal to many, but to see someone put an all roll of the dice later in their life and uh, go start a business like Candor, not knowing if it's going to be a success or not, having a good hunch that it is, he certainly is, always had a, a great hunch, and his technology is being outrageously successful. But I love this band for his um, his just never quit kind of attitude. A lot of people that hit our age just want to go home, spend more time with grandkids. That's certainly a wonderful thing. Nothing wrong with that. But to keep on going and creating and innovating in our industry is something that Mark and I are about, and certainly Tom Showalter is about. So kudos to Candor. Glad to have them as a sponsor. Also, Finastra. They have some really robust features that tap into the the features that allow user-defined fields where processors and underwriters and everyone can go in and operate the system from virtually any device. You say a lot of systems do that today. But the way Finastra uh, approaches this and attacks this is really unique. I encourage you to check out Finastra, a real leader in the marketplace. They are the number one fintech company in the world. So we're thrilled to have number one fintech company in the world as one of our sponsors. And then also Form Free, number one when it comes to innovation, Form Free's auto check supports Fannie Mae's positive rent payment history. Check out the podcast we did, an interview we did with Brent Chandler on October 17th. And then also Total Expert. Man, what a great job these guys are doing at building for lenders an intelligent platform that understands the unique needs of the borrower and the people that they're interacting with. It's more than a CRM. It is a CRM, the leading one, but it is also so much more. And I always have to mention it works wonderfully when it comes to the overall system. When it works for recruiting is what I'm thinking. I'm looking at the next comment here. Sorry, getting comments in from you. Yes, Happy New Year to all our all our listeners, new and old. Appreciate you being joining us today. Also, Simple Nexus, their mortgage software and technology is for the modern lender. We posted an interview on November 2nd with Lori Brewer. Check it out. Uh, they are one of the leaders in innovation as well, like Total Expert, like Form Free, and like Candor, like Finastra. I encourage you to check out what they're doing and um, also, we just recorded an interview um, with Ben Miller, and I'm looking forward to sharing that one. Also, I want to say a special thank you to the MBA, Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, Mobility, MMI, and Modex, as well as the Mortgage Advisory Tools. These are great companies that all sponsor our podcast, make it possible. Each one of them are leaders in their own regard. Check them out on our website. And I uh, just want to say uh, last week, uh, over Christmas, December 26th, we released an interview with Tosh James, global health crisis that's going on right now. I, boy, it's timely. I think we've lost so many friends here just recently, and now Regina just hits really home. Also, December 30th. Bye, I forgot to put that in the notes up above. On December 30th, we released the interview with Ben Miller of Simple Nexus, prime time for investing in your mortgage technology mix. That was a really good interview that Mark and I recorded. I encourage you to go back and listen to that. We need to update the show notes. That should have gotten updated. So we called attention to that just a little bit earlier. Also, upcoming this week, January 4th, we have Brittany Hodak will be coming out with her new book. Actually, I think we're releasing that podcast on the 10th. Is actually when that is coming out. should be coming out anyway. It's coinciding with the release of her book on that day. So Brittany Hodak, 
creating super fan customers. That was another one of those really fun interviews. Brittany is just such a delightful human being, and uh, she just released her new book, and we'll be releasing that, and we need to make sure that gets released then on January 10th. So let's get that done. Also, Adam DeSanctis, thank you, special thank you to Adam, to Les Parker, Matt Graham, David Kittle, who cannot be here today. He's with family, as well as Alice Alvey, who is here, and Alan Pollock, who will be joining in and dialing in with us. So good to have you with here. Of course, my co-host, Mark Helm. Mark, good to have you joining us. Appreciate you. Glad to be here again, David. Thank you. You bet. Like you said, this is just one of those fun things we get to do. You know, Alice, you've been here since the very, very beginning. How many years have we been doing this? 14, 15 years, they just lose track of time. But, Alice, I'm so grateful for your commitment to this podcast over all these many, many years. And, uh, you know, when we lose someone like Regina, Alice, we just fail to just say, sometimes say how much we appreciate dear, dear friends. And you and your husband are such dear friends of mine and very valid. That. And same with you, Mark. You're just, you're newer to the podcast, but Alice has been here since the beginning. So it's wonderful. Appreciate you all very, very much. Alice, Let, Alice, I didn't, yeah. I didn't under, I, I didn't know you started in uh, junior high. I keep saying that my children are now older than me. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. In my brain, I'm only in my thirties. So. <laughs> yeah. David, I'd like to say something before we get yeah. started here. Uh, yeah. I really appreciate you setting up the call with Tom. Uh, that was uh, truly an experience. Oh, uh, David set up a call with Tom at Candor, and we talked for about an hour with him on the phone, and it was not for a podcast. It was for a just a conversation, and it was it's truly a learning experience for me. I picked up so much from him and so much from his perspective. It's It was one of my high parts of 2022, and I'm looking forward to spending more time watching his company grow and Certainly, yeah. his daughter is joining the business in a lead role, and and uh, I, I think they're going to do great things. And I really like his mindset and how he's approaching what he's doing. And uh, he will go down in in the annals of the uh, of the history of mortgage banking for creating something that really changed our industry. And not many of us yeah. in this industry get an opportunity to do that. And he he's done, and he did it later in life, Mark. That's one of the things that I yeah. love about this story because so many people look at saying, "Well, I've hit that age, I'm retiring out, I'm getting done." Mark, you have done extremely well. Well, you both have done extremely well in this industry. We're in our we're both seventy two, but we're far from retiring. And I keep going back to my conversation with Jack Guttentag. Uh, I haven't talked to him here recently. I hope he's still alive. But I talked to him recently at, at ninety eight years old, still going strong, creating companies. And so I, I think it's, it's so much life is about what you're giving back. We spend the early part of our years and our careers, you know, obviously needing to acquire stuff because we're starting out life, starting out marriages, starting out families, and we're wanting to acquire, starting our careers, and we're wanting to achieve. And it, but I think, and, and that's so important, and how we do that journey, like we talked about, about Regina, she did it in such a classy way. She was always giving back, always helping, always reaching out to help people. And I think that's what the purpose of this podcast, we say it at the beginning of our podcast every time, we're here to bring information in a timely format. And it's, you know, yes, we have some sponsors that help defray the cost of this, but most of us are, all of us are giving into this as a result of just wanting to give back. And that's certainly Tom Showalter's attitude. Thanks for saying that. Appreciate that, Mark. And I appreciate you continuing on. You give back. And Alice, and Alice from the very beginning. How about that? 
Well, let's get over to the NBA Mortgage Minute with Adam DeSanctis to see what the NBA is kicking off the new year with. Adam, what you got? Hi, I'm Adam DeSanctis. This is the Mortgage Minute, the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Happy New Year. And here's what you need to know. Right before the end of the 117th Congress, the full U.S. Senate passed by unanimous consent H.R. 7735, the Improving Access to the VA Home Loan Benefit Act of 2022. The enactment of this MBA-endorsed legislation will help to ensure service members, veterans, and their families have access to more affordable, sustainable homeownership opportunities through the VA Home Loan Program. The reforms included in the legislation direct the VA to revisit existing program requirements to make appraisals more readily available and less cumbersome for buyers and lenders by requiring the VA to review appraisal certification requirements, encourage hybrid appraisals, employ emerging technologies, and revisit policies on property inspection waivers and minimum property requirements. NBA thanks all members who helped in the year-long advocacy effort, including through the Mortgage Action Alliance. We will continue to work with the VA, Congress, members, and other key stakeholders to ensure veterans and their families have access to more affordable, sustainable homeownership opportunities. And don't forget, we're now in January. NBA's Independent Mortgage Bankers Conference is just around the corner, taking place on Coronado Island later this month on January 23rd through the 26th. Register today at mba.org. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Adam DeSantis. Yes, the NBA, Coronado Island. What a great, great place to go. Let's kick off the new year. And um, I was registered, hoping to be there and hoping, looking forward to seeing everyone. Unfortunately, my wife has knee surgery, full replacement knee surgery going on at that time. And so that same week. So got to be home, make sure she is doing well and taking care of the most important person in my life. And that is my wife. And so, so grateful to uh, all of you that will be attending. I'm, gonna, I'm really bummed out. I'm looking, I was looking so forward to seeing so many of you. But it is a great conference. Also, Adam mentioned the Mortgage Action Alliance at MAW, as we refer to it as. It is an app you can download on your phone. You don't think you can make a difference by um, doing something? You can. Download the Mortgage Action Alliance app. Alice, you're familiar with it. I use it. You use it. Um, Would you want to just give a good word about the app and how effective it is and how you can see as we get your update coming here in just a minute? Sure. It's super easy. What I love is that, you know, they've got you by your address connected to your senator and congressman. So, and then MBA in in most cases already has the notes put together and you can go, yes, I agree. Send it to my representatives and you're done. They make it very easy to participate. Yeah. So important. Mark, do you have that downloaded on your phone? Are you using it? Yes. Yes, sir. I sure do. And, you know, I've been, uh, thoroughly involved with MBA way back when we called what we were doing the legislative committee and used to make many of those tours to Washington, D.C. to visit with their representatives and the senators in person. And uh, we don't realize how important all those things we do in that vein is for our industry. So I encourage everybody to stay involved, load the app, and stay on top of what's happening in our industry. Yeah, it's so important. Very good point. By the way, Alice just sent me a note. Thank you, Alice. You are so good. I love what you do behind the scenes. Sent the notes that Jack Guttentag turned 99. He had a 99th birthday on, July, on December 9th. 
of this uh, just this last month. So happy birthday, belated birthday to Jack Goodentag, one of my heroes. I just love this guy for so many reasons and uh, so grateful. We do have a podcast with him. We have him on the Leadership Podcast as well as here on the Look at Unlending Podcast. Go listen to some of those podcasts as well. All right, let's get over to Les Parker and get started off by looking forward to what we have looked what we have to look forward to in the new year as far as interest rates and uh, kind of a macro view of the market. So, Les Parker, what you got? It's time that options bury test rates in the ground because they can keep jumpy issues calm. It's always darkest before the dawn. TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Will the market find serenity in 2023? In 2022, mortgage rates rose over 7% from 3% and now hover near 6%. Meanwhile, the 10-year yield rose 68% of mortgage rates. Mortgages saw significant illiquidity, skittish price activity, and volumes plunged 50%. So when the tide flowed out, the naked hedgers found no coverage, consistent durations, or premium pricing. In 2023, despite continuous volatility and illiquidity, stay in the game with improved use of data, optional coverage, real budgets, and deliver high customer service by 2022. So shake it off. These views are my own. Patiently check it out at tmspotlight.com. Les Parker, you and Gary Kent are going to do a great job on that segment. I always get a chuckle over that one. Shake it off. Mark Helm, I thought, I like that's good advice. Shake it off. There was some, there was a little hope in there too. I mean, like, you know, what do we have to look forward to? I mean, he has been predicting that we're going to see into lower interest rates. Alice, you always write that down. How's Les been doing lately? They're pretty accurate, hasn't he? Oh, Alice. I think, uh, I think uh, he had one little bump in the road at the end of last year. I didn't call it out, but, yeah, he's definitely accurate. <laughs> little bump you in know, the road. You know, nobody's got the crystal ball, right? We wouldn't no. be in these jobs if we did. So. <laughs> but Les does an amazing job at putting some, uh, putting some light into, you know, what can be a very uncertain uh, horizon. Yeah, I think that the uncertainty comes for what happens to the Federal Reserve. Anything happens where they're, they're the biggest buyer of um, mortgage-backed securities, the RMBS. I mean, I look at that and go, man, that's just – I don't like having one buyer of our product. We we need to find more diversity. But that's another topic for another day. Les Parker did a good job. Gary Kedgerbone, thank you for working with Les Parker. I know – I was going to see – Teaser would say that I know that isn't easy. That's not true. Working with Les is a delight and a joy. And uh, so, Les Parker, Happy New Year. Thank you, Gary Cantrabone, and Les for another great segment. Let's get over to what, uh, let's see, Mark is going to, no, wait a minute. Uh, Matt was going to join in on this. I was looking to see if he had a soundbite up here on it, but he has not. So, we'd have to just take a look. I wanted to say about the mbslive.net website. Again, I turn to this. I carry it on my phone when I'm traveling. I'm looking at what's going on. You get the notifications. I have it set up with all the alerts where I'm able to get alerts on who's repricing. Not that I'm in there locking loans, but it is. it gives me an idea of who's reacting. I have certain notifications from some of the lenders as there are some of the leading indicators of what's happened in the markets or some of the ones that I'm not going to tell you who they are. No, I'm not going to share that with you. It's the ones I note. You need to figure that out, but it's a nice service that you have with MBS Live. So a little advertisement with uh, not having um, Matt joining us here, but check it out. Matt does a great job with what he does and 
You can go register for MBS Live at MBS Live. You can register for a trial period, extended trial period, by putting T or TMS uh, or excuse me, LOL in the notes. So my notes aren't here in front of me today on that. So anyway, great job. Thank you for all that you do, Matt, to help us and wish you uh, in absentia. We <laughs> wish you a happy new year. Let's get over to Alice Alvey. She is here. David Kittle would have been joining us. He's the one that texted us with the sad news about Regina. So David Kittle, we wish you uh, a wonderful time. He sent over a picture of his grandson. He's got his kids in town. He's enjoying family time. And the picture rem- <laughs> texted back said, that resembles Mark Helm. <laughs> Mark shot back and told me because the kid doesn't have any hair. So anyway, Mark, that was hilarious. That was a lot of fun. Good looking kid, though. Good looking kid. That was fun. Anyway, yeah, we have a little fun in here, Mark. Got to have a little fun with her doing the podcast. But Alice Alvey is here. She's the one that is just researching away in the background giving us birthdays of Jack Dunpag and things like that. Alice Alvey, we love you. You are just such a dear, dear sister. And what an outstanding job you have. Uh, talk about a career. You're a CMB, Vice President of Education and Training there at Union Home Mortgage, one of the successful survivors in this crazy market, and uh, doing prospering, doing quite well. And you've got a legislative update for us. What else do you have other than what Adam DeSanct just talked about? Yeah, well, we are, yes, Union Home is doing very well. Um, we just acquired a Merifirst uh, mortgage out of Kalamazoo, Michigan, and so we have hundreds of new partners joining us tomorrow. So um, wow. we're very excited to kick off the new year. Yes, we That's are. Mark, that was in the yeah, news. The press release yeah. went out. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Jones. Mark Jones is coming, right? Yep, Mark Jones and Dave Game. They run a great yep. shop, and I'm so excited oh, yeah. to have more Michigan partners joining Union Home. I have more now Mason Blue partners, and so you know, I know we didn't play well over the weekend. No, that's what uh, but, you know, game. at least I have a few more who are not wearing Ohio State <laughs> gear. Yeah, I'm not Ohio. <laughs> ever, I mean, ever since they, the way they handled the game with UT, I, you know, years and years ago, I was just never, uh, never impressed with Ohio State. Sorry, Ohio State fans, we love you. That's it's just sometimes you guys as fans can be a little over the top. But, yeah, I'm with you, Alice. I was a little disappointed in Michigan's performance, but what can you say? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, and I want to qualify. I did make a note on December 26th that Les had predicted in April that inflation would be much lower than it is today. So, you know, I, I give him credit for, uh, you know, going out there and making predictions. But when I yes. mentioned earlier that, he had one that that's the only one. So, but as far as rates and other factors in the market, yeah, he's spot on. So yep. um, I think for my report, uh, just a follow-up on what we were talking about with the Mortgage Action Alliance, uh, one important uh, event you should put on your calendars for 2023 is the MBA National Advocacy Conference. Yes. So this yes. is in Washington, D.C. It's April 18th and 19th. The dates are there. Uh, you can go ahead and start making your plans to go. But that is an amazing event to get to be face-to-face with, uh, you know, those in Washington who make decisions. And it is, we do have an impact on our legislatures when we get a chance to teach them about mortgage banking and what's out there. So um, you you heard from the MBA that House Bill 7735 passed. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a little bit of a mute point because everything starts over right now. This is the beginning of the 118th Congress. And that bill was passed in the previous session. So, you know, they will have to reintroduce it, get it approved again, 
hopefully get, you know, as many of the same people on board and get it through more quickly. Uh, but that is one of the one of the things about the, that term coming to an end and having not gotten all the way to the president's signature. Um, so the, I think the main thing that's outstanding as of today, we still have this VA proposed rule on the interest rate reduction refinance criteria. And comments are due by tomorrow. So please, please, uh, the Mortgage Bankers Association did publish a draft. You can simply tag on to theirs to say yes, uh, whatever the MBA said. But ultimately, there's a lot of things that VA does need to work out um, as far as, um, you know, the net tangible benefit calculation. So there's a lot to read and digest here, more than I'll go through here. We have gone through it on previous shows. And um, I will give you a link, David, that shows you, um, gives okay. folks the details. Ballard Spar had a good write-up on it. Um, so a couple other firms out there that I go to have some good information on it. Uh, but I do want to make sure that as an industry we're uh, re responding to that. And then uh, last but not least, on a positive note, I know the market's tough. Uh, Dave Stevens uh, published, you know, a great article in LinkedIn. If you follow him, you'll see the chart that he put in that even though you might feel there's a bit of a dip in property values now, which there are most places, uh, you know, overall home values go up. And there are still lots of things to talk about with realtors about creating opportunities for home buyers. Uh, lots of ways to do easy math on how just a, a simple reduction in um, the purchase price or getting the seller to contribute to closing costs can really save you just as much as a full percentage point in interest and get you into a, into a home. So there's lots of creative ways still to make home financing and um, offers work. So I just wanted to put that bug for people to get creative on home buyer opportunities. Now is the season for that. Good, 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 good bug in their ear. That's good. Um, one of the things that I was wanting to talk about a little bit less. So first of all, I want to go back to the Mark Jones. Mark Jones is on the ladder. He's just one of my, he's one of the gentlemen in our mortgage industry and I'm, you couldn't have acquired a better company. So kudos, uh, to Union Home for recognizing what an outstanding company it is and uh, for Bill and Al to step up and pick that company up. What a smart move. And, and one of the things that I loved about Mark was how he valued servicing, how he looked at servicing. He was one of the intelligent ones, Mark, that acquired the right servicing, kept the right servicing, something that you are a bit of an expert on more than a bit. You're one of the industry leaders, nation leaders national leaders about this topic. So not only are they picking up a great origination platform, but they're picking up a really smart, well-managed servicing portfolio. And I think Union Home already had a pretty sizable portfolio. So this, this uh, acquisition is significant. I think, again, it's going to free Mark up. So when he's, he's in the chairman position of the MBA, uh, he's going to do real well. Any thoughts on, on something like this, two titans in the, in, up there in that part of the country, merging Mark? I'd love to get your thoughts. No, I, think, I think it's a very, very positive move, and uh, certainly uh, people knew what they were doing when they made that happen, and I think it's going to have a very positive uh, effect on that area of the country and, and their footprint across the country. Yeah. Yeah, kudos to Cosgrove, um, Bill Cosgrove, for having the foresight to do that. They have been friends and friendly competitors for a long, long time, so for the, it's not surprising that they came together. Any other insights that you can share with us, Alice? I mean, I, I mean again, not asking for uh, any information that you can't share, but any other insights into it? 
I just uh, will share that we're very excited. Uh, there's just so much talent, as you said, a terrific uh, surfacing platform, also terrific origination platform. Uh, the people that I've had a chance to interact with during our transition have all been just amazing, and we're just super excited to have all this talent merged together and uh, look out, rest of the mortgage company, <laughs> rest of the mortgage industry, I mean, <laughs> just look out. <laughs> look out. There's a, there's a, a new emerged entity that's been so well run over the years. And, uh, you know, I, I look at Bill Cosgrove, you look at the leadership that he brings. And, and I mean, we just sit and pause and I had not planned to talk to you about that. I wasn't sure that we could talk about the merger. I knew that it was coming down. And it's going to soon be announced, but I wasn't sure that we could talk about it, Al. So thank you so much for bringing it up. But I really think it comes to you look at guys like Bill Cosgrove. And, uh, you know, Bill made a – if you go listen to the interview I've d- I did with him on Licking on Leadership Podcast, we should probably post that again. We post that. And then also that we've had him on the podcast numerous times of his commitment to bring new blood into our industry by recruiting at colleges. I love his one comment, Alice. He says, Al and I quickly found out that a couple old fat guys sitting at a college table trying to recruit people wasn't the best idea. It wasn't working so well. So he went out and had the foresight of hiring younger people to go out and recruit. And you've been retraining so many of them. And I think that's one of the things that not only are they acquiring and merging and continue to grow, but it is their leadership that brings new talent into this industry. And that is something yeah, is so good. And then how fortunate to get recruited into a company that has Alice Alby heading the, uh, the training program there. I mean, that is just, I mean, you have a significant, they made a significant commitment to you personally by hiring you when they brought you on that, that actually kind of surprised me because I know how good you are and how, you know, how well paid and compensated you have been over there. So they stepped up and then they've continued to step up with your training program. Talk about their talk about the training program if you can, Alice. Um, that you have at Union that you've developed at Union Home. It's really exemplary. Well, we ha- sure I'm happy to. Um, so we we have an online university that we've developed over 700 courses that are proprietary to UHM. Obviously, to cover all of our policies and procedures. Um, on top of that, we you know offer partners access to LinkedIn Learning and Skillsoft other major providers for making sure that we have proper skill development. We have uh, software that we've designed to be able to help partners find answers to mortgage questions. So you know about, we've talked a little bit about our Ask Alice platform that we've developed. We have a fun tool that we made called Career Explorer, how to find your career within Union Home and grow so people can just click to go, here's the learning I need to take to expand my career within the company. Um, We have four leadership programs. Uh, so we have all different types of leadership development programs that we're super proud of, and that's all in addition to mentorship programs and the uh, the intern programs. So that's just the tip of the iceberg. Bill is uh, a tremendous uh, advocate of education for all the partners, and uh, it's really wonderful, wonderful working here and working for that type of leadership that is, you know, it's never about how much. It's just, you know, let's let's make it happen. Yeah, the part that I really enjoy about Bill is he doesn't he's not afraid to talk about the mistakes he's made. He's very transparent about it. He says, I've made some mistakes along the way, let me tell you. And he's he's talked openly about those, at least to me and, and even some of the podcasts he's done, very, very transparent about that. But he says it's not the mistakes you made, it's what you learn from them that really is so important. Mm-hmm. So kudos to Mr. Emerson, uh 
Excuse me, I said Bill Cosgrove. I was thinking of Bill Everson too. Sorry, another leader in the industry. But um, just Bill Cosgrove, you do a great job. We're really proud of you. And also, most we're most grateful for for his commitment to the industry. When he while he was the chairman of the NBA, he launched and started the IMB conferences within the NBA, which we have coming up. Mm-hmm. So very good, yeah. major contribution to this industry. And we're grateful to have him and how fortunate for you to be working there and for you to be honored about all this good stuff. Great mom. Look forward to it. Thanks, Alice, Thank for, the you. Re- for the report. And uh, kudos to the company and congratulations for your growth. Um, there's so much to go into that. Mark, any comments you want to throw to that and the MBA? And uh, with the I, don't know. I just want I just want to sign up and and uh, and check your uh, your education program out. I I just think that's uh, it's wonderful to have that. I look at my career and wish I had things like that available when I was younger. And I wish I we did a lot of that in companies that I managed. But prior to that, it would have been very very helpful in my career to have uh, the ability to go out to span, learn more about what other folks in the company are doing and how I can interface with them and what how I can better understand how they interface with me. So I salute you guys for that. It seems like you got a great education program going on for your employees and your partners. Thank you. We do. We're very proud of it. 700 classes. You are going to be, I mean, you used to own Mortgage U, and so now you have a Mortgage U that you're really creating a university there, Alice. That's pretty exciting. And I guess just got a text in from a couple people say, how can we learn more? Is there any way they will outsource any of that? Will they contract any of that education out? Is there any talk about doing that? Our listeners want to know. Oh, you know, there really isn't. I mean, I've uh, I've spoke at the MBA uh, education conference before to help people with what they could develop. Uh, so I'm happy, you know, maybe we can dedicate a side podcast on that yeah. aspect, Dave, on how people can do it on their own. But obviously what we've built is specific to Union Homes processes and, you know, wouldn't necessarily fit for another company. So, no, unfortunately it's not. It's not licensable uh, for others, other than, as I mentioned, you know, we use yeah. LinkedIn Learning and Skillsoft. Yeah. Yeah, those, that's good. Well, we need to do that. Ben, you're listening to this. He's the, Ben supports the podcast. Ben Delacruz, who's my, one of my assistants. I'm so grateful for Ben and all that he does to help support the podcast. Uh, we've had so much great people, Nikki and Paul, and different ones over the years that have helped support this podcast to make it possible. Uh, ben, we definitely need to get that scheduled because I think that's something that we need to really focus on. Mark, I'd like to have you join in on that interview. So, Alice, start getting your notes ready. We're going to take you up on that <laughs> suggestion right away. One of the things okay. that I want, yeah, we, we'll do that. That's going to be that's going to be a podcast we'll release here early in the new year. We're getting a lot of requests. Yes, please do. I want to learn more. I wish. <laughs> come on. Again, all kinds of comments texted in to me about that. But uh, most of all, some really kind comments about you know how much people respect you, Alice, and how you deliver the message. She's, <laughs> she gave, and several are teasing me about how bring some real good substance to the to the podcast. So it's really good. I think there's a. There's a compliment to you, and I think they're teasing me a little bit in there. So anyway, one of the things I want to talk about that really came evident over the holidays, and so Mark and Alice, I'd like to have you chime in on this. I unfortunately experienced the debacle that happened with Southwest Airlines over the holidays. Um, You know, it's the storms of life that hit us and hit our businesses that really start revealing what's going on inside of a company, how things are built, how things are had. I've, I've had this expression. I'm, I'm using it. So I, don't, I wish I could give credit to wherever I heard it from. But companies, people are like 
tea bags. You don't know what's really in them until you throw them in hot water. And then that's where the flavors come out. That's what's deep embedded in that tea bag, which all tea bags look the same. You can smell them. You get some indication of what there might be there. But it's not until you drop them in hot water do you really find out what the company is about. And our industry has been dropped in hot water, but certainly over the holidays, Southwest Airlines was dropped in some extensive hot water. And what was revealed is something that we can learn from. And I think it's worth talking about here briefly on the podcast as we have an abbreviated podcast. Not everyone's back from vacation yet and participating in this. But I think it's really important to look at what happened there. Was it Southwest just falling apart internally? No. It was the hot water they got dropped into. It happened to be the hot water was actually a cold, very cold, ex- uh, extraordinary, unusual winter storm called Winter Storm Elliot. Started in the Pacific Northwest, just happened to be where I was traveling to for Christmas. All flights through Denver. Denver froze up. They were canceling flights. I flights. I was supposed to fly out on Thursday uh, before Christmas. I looked at that. And all flights into Denver were canceled. That means people are sleeping on the floors. There's no place to go through. I go on, huh, note to sell. Probably a better idea to for winter travel to schedule through Phoenix. So I rebooked for the following day through Phoenix got in, and uh, the flight was three hours delayed because they had trouble moving, getting staff there, the pilots there, and the, the crew to man the flight. But we took off, and I was able to make the flight to Seattle. So I got to Seattle. And then you start hearing this thing, and it starts unrolling, unraveling. And you hear about the airline, people getting thousands. I mean, I ended up spending a night in a hotel uh, by myself on Christmas Eve. That's a first. I don't ever want to repeat that Christmas. And I was genuinely feeling sorry for myself. You know, there was a whole lot of whining. We were explaining to the regulars before we started the podcast. You know, they could probably pick up a little of the whining. I had to spend the time in the hotel by myself without my wife and family and surrounded by family. It, was, it wasn't a traditional Christmas by any means. But, <clears throat> but the only consolation was I was sleeping comfortably in a hotel. I made it over a mountain pass. Normally would take over the, all the mountain passes of the Pacific Northwest were closed except for Stevens Pass, excuse me, White Pass in the, to the south. But unfortunately, it added four hours to a two-hour journey. So it took six hours to get over the, into eastern Washington, where all our, my wife's family's from. And uh, so I ended up spending a, a night in a hotel. And I only think about it from what the consolation was, is I wasn't sleeping in a hotel, or excuse me, on the floor, a cold floor of an of a airport somewhere on a Christmas Eve. But I was alone, and I was looking at this, and I started looking at this, because a lot of way my brain works as a mortgage lender, what made me successful, is processes. I love looking at processes. Alice, I'm thinking about you and I, when we did, we're at Radius Financial up in Boston. Um, you know, I, one of the things I love about the management team up there is their passion for process. And uh, they had us in there, and they had you and I in there for three days initially, and then another a uh, period of time after that to look at their process. We extensively tore into everything. And when you look at the story and many of the things that have been posted about what happened at Southwest Airlines, it's obvious they had not done that. Keith Pulaski at Radius had the foresight. He and Sarah, who owned the company, uh, Radius Financial, had the foresight to go in and really examine 
before their winter storm, metaphorically speaking, getting dropped in hot water. They said, we have got to look at that. Remember that time, Alice, when we were there together doing that for how many days? This day was weeks on end. I before. do. I do. It was a, uh, it was a great experience. And, uh, you know, the, they really did a great job of taking a look at each other, having really honest conversations and coming up with some really productive solutions. Yeah, which when I talk to them, they tell me how they've continued. Keith tells me how they've continued that process, what they've done and extended it. So it wasn't just a one and done, Alice. It was a one and started, and they've kept it going. Obviously, that was not the case at Southwest Airlines, which is really interesting. I love studying leadership. Um, One of my favorite books on leadership is Gary Keller's book, uh, about Southwest Airlines, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. I've got it over here on my shelf right now. It's escaping me, but Gary, I mean, about uh, Herb Kelleher, who started um, Southwest Airlines, he was focused on operations. He would get out of the, out of the office. He would go work on the counters, at the ticket counter. He would go work at the, uh, at the check-in gate. He would go work and shut belly of those airplanes in the heat of summer. It's hot here in Texas. And so he's down in the belly of those planes learning how, what are those people doing? What are they dealing with? And the leadership that brings, because there was no job in that entire airline that, that Herb was not willing to go do. As a result of it, he was a valued and admired as a leader because he took his suit coat off rolled up his sleeves, literally, and got dirty down on the hull of an airplane, probably one of the dirtiest jobs out there, is in uh, schlucking bags and making sure. He studied, he was intimately familiar with every aspect of how that airline ran. And as a result, he listened to the people. And as a result of that, they came down. Southwest Airlines head as their three defining values. I'm sure they still have them, but some parts of this fell apart. And I'll tell you why. And the lessons we can learn out of this. For the first of all, the first thing is we will be known as the safest airline in the sky. The second thing they have always said, we will be known for being the most on-time airline in the sky. And third, which they're most known for, is we're going to be the most fun airline in the sky. And those defining values guided them throughout the entire leadership career of Herb Keller. And that man brought about an, an airline that just defied all the odds. American Airlines was hostile toward them, wouldn't let them in and out of uh, a DFW. They ended up having to really build up this little airport called um, Love Field in Dallas, which is now just doing phenomenally well. And the airline's done phenomenally well. But something happened when Herb retired and later passed away. What happened was is they brought in a guy by the name of Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly became the CEO. Greg Kelly was the CFO of the company. He watched the numbers. He was not an operations person. Now, all you CFOs out there, there's a lesson for you. We are not dissing CFOs. Dear God, we all know how we need to watch the numbers and how many of you CFOs have been watching the numbers and have been issuing warnings. You guys need to get cut. You need to cut further. You need to, you're not cutting far enough. And many companies are struggling and in failing because they didn't listen to the CFO. So if, if any gets picked up in this message, it's not dissing or being or, or condescending to CFOs. But when a CFO takes their policies and the, their procedures of watching the numbers and ignore the rest 
of the operational efficiencies or what's going on in the company, in the airline, things will begin to fail. They had continued to have really good, under uh, Greg Kelly's leadership as the CEO, they had very good stock, the, the price, stock price went up and up and up. But they did not address systematic things like what Keith Pulaski and Sarah did at Radius Financial. They did not bring in a group of consultants. They did not bring in outside to look at their processes. In fact, many people, and not only did they not bring somebody in from the outside to look at it, they ignored, not only did they ignore, but they silenced voices from within that were trying to help them see what a house of cards Southwest Airlines systems were becoming. Now, this is not a diss on the Southwest employees because I mean, some of the things that are being written by the Southwest employees apologizing to the flying public, they're going to regain our confidence. And they have a new guy. By the way, Greg Kelly retired, I think it was in, early in 2022. And um, one, of my, one of my clients knows um, one member of his family very closely, was talking to him here over the holidays. How, how, how was his Christmas? Because Greg Kelly is getting lambasted for ignoring very important symptoms throughout the company. There's one particular guy who worked in ID. Now there's always more to the story, but he says, I was fired for being a whistleblower trying to bring to the attention of management how deficient our systems were. They grew extensively through the COVID crisis. They added more roots and they never built on the infrastructure. And I think, you know, like we would just learn about Alex. I mean, I know one thing I know about, you know, Bill Cosgrove and the executive team, including Alice there at Union Home, they will be examining, what do we need to grow by? Where do we need to, by, by doing this merger, I mean, we just became a different company. There's a lot of mergers going on. What are you doing to looking at? What are we going to be doing differently? What do we need to adjust now that we have increased our size? Southwest Airlines did not make the adjustments. It was a house of cards, and it was predicted. So when this thing came apart, it came apart in an ugly fashion. And guess who suffered? The people that they serve. And when we come apart in the mortgage industry, our times get elongated, commitments get missed, people pay more. And we've had a lot of that going on throughout our industry. One of the things that Alice and I have been so passionate about, Mark has been too, uh, but Alice and I have actually worked side by side in many, many companies on this very topic of working on and identifying your inefficiencies, identifying where your internal house of cards are located. As we go into this new year, I encourage each one of you listening to this podcast, share this podcast around, especially this part of the podcast, share it around with others. Are we really examining our internal processes? We have what we think are some proprietary ways of going about and doing that. I'm not sure they're still some proprietary. It's just really taking an intelligent look. Alice and I used to do this together. And uh, she, she had owned a, a separate company, and we worked together and contracted this together and, and did these work together because I, I couldn't think of anyone I wanted side by side with me than that. Kathy Thomas now works with me, does an outstanding job at identifying inefficiencies in, that are out there. We just have to intelligently look, and you don't need to bring someone in from the outside. I think it's a good idea because, you know, how do you find that thing on your face unless you have a mirror in front of you, and sometimes that mirror has to be someone from the outside identifying that. So I think it's a good idea to bring people in from the outside as Radius Financial did uh, years ago with Alice and I. We helped them see things that, you know, food on their face, things that were there they just couldn't see. 
And I think that's a time what we need to do, especially as we're seeing the level of consolidation that is taking place in the industry. So I could go on and on about it. We could talk. There's so many lessons that are doing it. One of my clients texted me and says, Dave, what's going on at our company right now? I'm consulting to a company, and they're having some issues losing people in this particular case. And they said, this is very parallel to what is happening at Southwest Airlines. That really caused me to look at what's going on in our industry and go, yes, it is. We have a lot of inefficiencies, house of cards, that need to be addressed. I'll get off my rant on that. I was the subject of that. Unfortunately, I slept in hotels. Unfortunately, it was by myself, but at least I got to my family. We enjoyed a great Christmas, truly valued our time together, probably more so than ever. But so many people were so, so um, impacted in a negative way. Some real heart-wrenching stories. People on a wedding were traveling, and half the wedding party could not make it to the wedding. It included the groom. They had to get in a car and rent it and drive spotless. Can you imagine standing up and saying, I do, and you're, you're just weaving because you drove all night to make it to your own wedding because your airline failed you? Because it was, it was I mean, all these stories. And what's so interesting is they were such big fans of that airline that they asked everyone to make their reservation on Southwest. So I, I think we look at this, and Alice and Mark, I think it's time for me to stop ranting and get your input on this. Alice, I'll start with you. You and I worked together on that project, as we talked about just moments ago. Let me get your reflection on this and any encouragement that you would like to share with our listeners. Sure. I think I'll, I'll focus on uh, the fact that you brought up about ignoring the signs and the information from the people who live it every day. Uh, you mm-hmm. want to make sure you have systems in place to collect that feedback, process it, and process it at an executive level, and then have responses for all of it. So when they have ideas, the first response is, that's a great idea. Let's look at all the sides of that and and see what we can do uh, to make that change. You know, sometimes for people, they just need some education. They're not aware of something or it's just a really bad idea, like, can I have the best rate in town every day, you know, (laughs) or an impossible idea. But you know what I mean. Um, That, I Mm -hmm. think, helps people feel empowerment. It keeps the path of uh, communication open. And then I think the second part of that that you brought up was uh, you have to be able to measure your systems so you don't get caught off guard. And it sounds like I think they were missing some of that and missing some accountability, just focused too much on, like you said, uh, perhaps, other things uh, besides what really matters. Yeah, what you brought up with the word empowerment was really a powerful word because, you know, not only were they not empowered, employees not empowered, they were penalized that they brought up negative. And that one employee, now, I'm, again, there may have been more to that story, but he said in the, the article he wrote that he was quoted in is he was fired for bringing it up. He was fired for bringing up a negative situation because it didn't fit the narrative of management at the time. Well, again, again, I'm certain there was other, maybe may other issues, maybe not. But it, that is such an important thing is to ignore and, and shut down those voices. And uh, it, it, it pains me. Mark, I guess you in on this conversation. You manage companies as large as Washington Mutual. And you were head of all operational components. I can't remember what the title was there, but I know you, I mean, you had thousands and thousands of employees, not only here, but abroad comment to this well it's uh it's an interesting thing that we're talking about this because i have been working real hard on new year's resolutions and also some predictions for the future in the new years and i hope we can dedicate a podcast to what our team thinks the future is going to be in our industry and 
and also uh, what the New Year's resolution of our team is, because I think it'd be interesting to share with all the experience we have on the podcast that with all our listeners. But I will tell you that in my days at Washington Mutual, I was uh, in mortgage operations, and I had uh, the default unit and servicing reported to me, all the systems that supported the everything except originations reported to me, all domestic and non-domestic outsourcing for the company uh, reported to me, uh, all the uh, – all, all the project management and project management people in that company. And at one time I had like 2,600 employees there. It's kind of a unique experience. But one of the things I learned there, and and it had nothing to do with the failure in the future of Washington Mutual, was we were interactive group of managers that shared with each other our concerns about how our departments interfaced and what we could accomplish. And I learned more at that job than all my other jobs put together just because of the magnitude of the company and the different kind of flows of work we had and all the different things that we did in, inside the industry. So when I'm looking back at what you're talking about right now and I look at, at Southwest Airlines, I want to give you an example about something. It's kind of like your teabag situation, David. Uh, as some of you on the phone know and some don't know, I've got a very diverse background from being a Vietnamese linguist and a code broker in the military, a married family counselor, a college professor, a mortgage banker, and I've kind of done a lot of things in my career, and, and all those things helped me grow. And the one thing they helped me grow about was interfacing with people and watching and understanding not what happened, but why it happened. So let me give you an example. I was teaching at the uh, people finishing their junior and senior year of college, uh, in business management, and these it was it was set up at industries, and with a college out of South Carolina, and uh, I was at the Westinghouse steam turbine plant where they make steam turbines for to support generators, and I went in there on a tour after we had the final exam. I always like to go to where the people worked at one yeah. of the companies and tour and, and see what was going on. I went in, and the guy lead me around was showing me this big laser of some type that cut big old sheets of sheet metal or a couple inch thick to make the plates to put together to form the sides of the of the generators and it was a very exact science and i asked him i said well tell me about this thing well he said it's this way mark he says uh this thing's good and we do it every day and the boss comes around and we measure everything right cut everything right we get a attaboy and uh and, and he said, and then we go on, we do weeks and weeks of that, and all of a sudden we have a bad day, and one of the calculations is off or whatever, and we cut this 40 by 40 sheet of two-and-a-half-inch metal that's off, and we can't use it, and the boss comes by and he says, oh, poop. And you know what? He said that one old poop wiped out, and I'm using the, uh, uh, a nice yeah, phrase, a nice wiped phrase. out every attaboy we got for the last six months. So that's yeah. kind of what happens here. Southwest has done a great job, I think, as an airline. Uh, I'm a, I'll have a companion pass with them. I'm one of their top flyers or have been. And uh, I've enjoyed the airline. I like many things they do. It's not as uh, it's not as plush, as I say, as flying some other airlines. But I like everything that they've done. And they've done, a, generally speaking, a very good job. And I think a pretty good job of taking care of customers. But yes. they, had, they weren't watching all the, the handles that, controlled all the valves and all over the last short period of time. And because of that, they got off base and when a big disaster hits and nothing was the same for anybody because of what happened at weather affect the whole country. And they got caught with their proverbial britches down, so to speak. And when you close a hub like Denver for a number of days and those planes have to be different places to get people in, to their new destinations, those planes are supposed to fly out of Denver and didn't fly out, 
it really put a screw to the whole thing. And I think that uh, it, it really hurts, but I think they'll rebound. I think they'll rebound oh, yeah. because I think they, they've had to learn from their mistakes, and they have, and that's what it's all about. And I think the most important thing that we need to know as managers is something that you and Alice have talked about already in this podcast is we've got to humanize the experience we're in and think about what's happening, whether it's employees, our customers that we're dealing with, our competitors we're dealing with, and humanize the experience so we really understand firsthand what people are going through so we can modify and change our structure to deliver what we said we're going to do. And I like what's happening in the VA changes because they're trying to humanize the process more so more people have the opportunity to have that loan they deserve for spending the time in the military. So there's things in our industry that happen the right way, and this is going to be a very interesting year. But I certainly think that Southwest will rebound. They're going to learn a lot of lessons from this. And uh, it just goes to show you, you never can get complacent in this business or any other business out there. If you do, you're going to get burned. You're going to get your head handed to you. That's so true. Yep. Yeah, great, great thoughts. Yeah, it's really interesting when you ran an organization that size um, that you had there. And I mean, Southwest is even more mega sized than even Washington Mutual was. Um, certainly a good example on that. But why, why does someone not? Why does someone fire? What is the symptom? Why would someone fire the person? that is trying to bring them news is and it and how subtle it is i was talking to one person who happened to be a leader in the industry i was flying home with him sitting next to the guy and we were talking about this on the airline and and it turned out he was a he ran a, he had thousands of employees thousands and thousands of thousands of employees and and i asked him the question what causes that he says not hearing willing to hear the facts when you think you have it all figured out and you refuse to listen that is the beginning of the end. And you're convinced you're right. And there's so many of us that have that mindset. Now, I got this. Now, this is, it's, how, it's almost like, we, what's the systems we can set up, Mark, and then I'll come to you, Dallas, where we can start being, become self-aware that we have self-limiting feedback. We, we shut down the feedback systems. What are some of the things, Mark, you first, and then Alice? Well, I, it's really kind of funny. I didn't think I was going to get a plug for my new book, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. Um, one of my predictions for the future, I will uh, publish our book, and it will be out there during the uh, second quarter of next year. It should be finished this next quarter, and it's on leadership. And I, there's, a, there's a phrase that uh, I think about when I think about the book I'm writing about how people can be successful in business. And I, my book is written – not only from my perspective, but the perspective of other people that I've known and talked to and grown from over the years as what they think what good management was. And one of the key elements is it came came from old turn. It used to save your life at every intersection before you entered it, and we heard it our whole life. So it was stop, look, and listen, okay? And the problem is we don't stop in our in our in our process of what we're doing and look to the people that can have the answers, that can fill us in on what really happened and what we can do about it, and listen to their side, what they have to say. I think what we had there with that gentleman, if he is 100% legit, and I have no reason to believe he's not, there was a failure to, of anybody to stop and say we got a problem, and number two, no one looked for the people that might have answers to the problem, and when somebody did come forward, they maybe didn't pay attention to what the person was saying. 
So when you look at those things, that's one thing we have to be. We've got to keep our eyes open, our ears open, and we've got to not only do that, but we've got to interface with people in an inquisitive-type manner to make sure we get all the salient facts out of that individual that can help us resolve our problems as we go down the road. And that happens so many times in management when they wake up six months later and say, my God, the company's going under. What could we could have, we have done? And I, I've seen it countless times in the mortgage industry and other industries around the country. If people just paid a little bit more attention, they could have recognized what happened and they had been okay. But they didn't, and they paid the price. Yeah. Alice, I'll let you wrap this discussion up with that. Well, I'll um, I'll take the other side of the person in that equation. I mean, just as far as how to make it work. So, Mark, I'm so excited you're writing a book. I wrote that down. No. We need the title. Keep us posted. Um, and since he expressed so well the manager side of it and, and owner and CEO side, I think too the individual who's communicating that message. You know, if if you're the one who feels there's something that's wrong and, and needs to be done, and again, I've, I'm not speaking about this IT person for Southwest, just no. in general for what I've seen in the mortgage industry is very often that's a frontline person or a person who's really reached a high stress level point before mm-hmm. they feel I've got to say something. And how they communicate that can make or break how well their idea is received. And so mm-hmm. if, you're pre- if you're the one who's got that idea, you feel you're trying to get through to the top and they're not listening, um, I guess I just have a, a little bit of words of wisdom from someone who sat in those shoes and probably spoke way too emotional at those times in my younger years. Having the facts, taking the emotion out of it, and being able to present a case that can be heard well and that your points are well thought out, I think is another side to this that people could benefit from taking a step back on how you're presenting the story so it is uh, one that people can relate to and see that changes need to be made. That is a great, great point. I think think that that one of the things that comes out is, when you're an employee that sees the house of cards and you don't believe that someone's looking at it, I think it is so important that you speak up early and not let it get to the point where it's festering and bothering you to the point. And I encourage anyone listening to this as well. I I know exactly what you're talking about. I know why this person, I know why I'm not speaking up. You might be thinking as you're listening to this podcast. And, and I want to speak to both sides of it again, what I think you both did real well. I realize we're out of time, but I'll wrap it up real quickly. I'm aware of a situation where a successful loan originator just left the company and the company, this individual has been trying to tell the owner about something going on there at that company and and it had to do with leadership and it just fell on deaf ears and and everyone the management team saw this person as just a complete pia pain in the ass and and rather than listening and going through it and there's extenuating circumstances and i think when was the person speaking well was the person waiting until he was so frustrated well how he spoke was he left the company and that's how he spoke finally and that Everyone lost in that. Now, you can say he's not going to lose, but I think he, he's making a mistake because it was a great company, and they did, the owner did value it. And so I think it is not waiting so long as on one of the other lessons and speaking up. Yeah, you may not get it well-received, but you can go to sleep knowing that you spoke up, and you spoke up as well as you could. And that's where we can – we're just going to leave it at there. At that point, we've run out of time. So much fun to have you. Mark, Alice, thank you for joining me here today. I thought Alan was going to join in. He was unable to break away from his family stuff. He apologizes. But we all here at Looking on Lending wish you all a very, very 
happy and prosperous new year. And take the lessons that were learned over this holiday, bring it back to your company. We want to hear from you. Any lessons that you would like to share with us, we'd love to bring you on, have you talk to us and share with our listening audience the things that you think are so important. Because we're going to be facing a new set of circumstances in the new year. That's something I'm going to predict. And we're going to be facing circumstances we've never seen before as we move into the new year. Some very interesting things are going to be taking place in 2023. I think some very good things. I am overall more bullish about the mortgage industry. Anyone who talks to me, you're going to look, and you're really bullish about the mortgage industry. I think this is the best time we're going to be, we could be in the mortgage industry. And we're starting this year off. And I want to end this podcast as we start the new year with saying, guys, just realize what a huge privilege we have as lenders to help people attain home ownership for the first time, to make a difference. But let's make a difference by doing it right and doing it well, which goes back to the process. Let's not have a house of cards that leaves people stranded in that first-time homeowner or a move-up homeowner experience. I appreciate all you being here. Alice, Mark, thank you so much for your time to be on the podcast today. It's really outstanding that you dialed in in this holiday to join us. I want to say a special thank you to Candor, Finastra, Form Free, Total Experts, Simple Nexus, the MBA, the Lenders One, as well as Mortgage Collaborative, as well as Knowledge Coop, Mobility, MMI, Modex. Oh, I love those two companies, what they can do recruiting-wise. Wow. And Mortgage Advisory Tools. It's so good to have you here. Check out our website, lookitunlending.com. You can search all the podcasts we've done over the last 15-some years. It's really great to have you, and we're grateful to have you as our listener. Have a great one. Mark, Alice, thank you for being here today. Appreciate you both. It's really a privilege. That's it, folks. We'll see you all back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.